The truth is always going to stir up crazy controversy. I mean, me personally, like like many of you guys, you know, I've gone through an enormous amount of rejection in my life. It's always the rejects that God chooses. It's always the rejects that God chooses to do his will. Why? Because we're not of the world. message for you all tonight for the last couple of days you know I've been like Jeremiah I've been having this fire in my bones to spread the gospel this fire in my bones to share with you all and to let every one every single one of you know what the spirit is doing throughout the body of Christ but with that Tonight's episode is going to be called The Unpopularity Contest. And I came about this topic uh, actually a while back, but I really didn't dig into it. I just kind of put the idea on paper and then the spirit led me to finish um, the rest of the topic tonight because, you know, I just I, I got this fire in my bones, guys. I can't I just couldn't contain it. So I'm going to share with you uh, the unpopularity contest and I'm going to be reading from. Luke 6, 26. And uh, before I do that, though, I want to say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. Give me the fire I need to impart to your people. Let us all have your fire. Let us all have your spirit. Let us all have your breath. Let us all have your bread. Allow us to do your will, Father God. Allow us to know what your will is. Let your will be done through me. Give me the words I need to speak to impart to your people. Father God, this temple is yours. My mind and my heart are yours and yours alone. Do as you will. In Jesus' name, let all these things be done. Amen. All right, so guys, Luke 626, the unpopularity contest. Here we go. Woe to you, Jesus says, when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I know this topic may not be easy for some to hear, but I plead the blood of Jesus over their minds and hearts, and I pray that they may be open to it if they are within the sound of my voice tonight, today, whatever time it is in their part of the world, Father God. Your spirit is omnipresent and omnipotent. Your power knows no bounds, and you are ever so present everywhere in all of our lives, Father God. We thank you for appointing us to know the truth. We thank you for ordaining this very day as a day where we receive your bread, we receive your spirit, we receive your power and your provision and your abundance. We thank you for this day that we may know the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel, and that we can receive the great commission and advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name, let all these things, let your will be done through all of us. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.
So guys, like I said, Luke 6, 26, woe to you when all men speak well of you for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Children of Yah, it's an oxymoron for a true Christian to want to be popular. But when the Christian doesn't want to be popular, children of Yah, but wants to preach what God has put in his or her heart, only then will God elevate them. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Children of Yah, you don't necessarily have to have a million plus followers in order to be abundantly blessed by the Lord. Children of Yah, that's the great deception of the enemy. Oh, because I'm not well liked. Oh, because I don't, I, I, I'm not a gifted speaker. I don't have the silver tongue. I'm very camera shy. You know, I, I may not even look the best. I may not be even the most attractive. So how could the Lord ever use me? Children of Yah, what if the Lord made you do five or 10 years of ministry just to reach one person? Isaiah 55, 8 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Children of Yah, the Lord works differently than you or I can ever comprehend. 1 Timothy 3 says, great, great, great is the mystery of godliness. It is not up to us to think about the details of God's work. And that's why he only tells us this in Mark 536. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Children of Yah, we can't be afraid to do God's will. We may not think we have all that we need at that given point in time. We may, we may think that I'll even take it, I'll even take it a step further. We may even think that we got to be completely comfortable to do God's word and his will. We got to be, we can't, we can't be afraid. There could be no fear in us. This is what we think. There could be no fear in us. We got to look our best just in case somebody decides to turn the camera on us. We got to practice 13,000 times the message that we got to preach to the people. We're led to believe by other voices outside of God's voice that we need to have all these things. We need to be, we need to be prepped up, premed up. We need to have our appearances polished and be ready to be wheeled out on cue. But Jesus says in Mark 5, 36, do not be afraid, only believe. But that being said, in order to get to that point, we have to stand up for the truth. You know, we can't be Jonah's and flee to Tarshish because we're scared. Children of Yah, we all have to face the Nineveh. Sooner or later, we're all going to have to, if we're going to do God's will, if we want God to truly bless us, we got to go to Nineveh and preach the truth to the people, regardless of what their reaction is. We all have to face what God truly wants us to do. And a lot of the time, we always look for the easy way out or we pray uh, for, for God to make it easier. And then we say, well, I just got to wait for God to blankety blank, blank, blank. I heard that the other day. I was talking to somebody 
And I was asking him, well, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And they say, yeah, I just got to wait for God to, you know, I just got to wait on the Lord to blankety blank, 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 blankety blank, also blank. Children, y'all, I want you to understand something. No one in the Bible waited for anything. No one. You say, well, what about Job? Job didn't wait. Job went through the valley. Job went through all the plagues that was coming to him and said, nope, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord, not because of what he's giving me, but because of who he is. And children, y'all, we all need to get to that point. We got to stop using God as a wish list. God is not a Christmas list. Sometimes there are days when you worship the Lord and he doesn't give you what he what you want. You might worship the Lord for wanting to get a raise at the job. You might worship the Lord for wanting to get the car. You might worship the Lord for wanting to get the job, wanting to get that significant other, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that husband, that wife, that home, that apartment. But sometimes, children of y'all, you got to worship the Lord for who he is. And the Lord blesses you more than you even realize. Maybe you didn't get the apartment today or this month or this week or this year, but you didn't die. Maybe you didn't get the car that you wanted, but you still have your arms, your legs, your voice, and God is still breathing breath into your body. Maybe you didn't get the job, but maybe you have food in your belly. Maybe the Lord protected you from something. Maybe when you walked across the street, the Lord protected you from getting into an accident. Maybe that relationship or that marriage or whatever didn't work out with that man or woman. But the Lord kept you from it because they had an addiction that you never saw. They had a curse that you weren't aware of. Maybe their flesh was cursed. Maybe they couldn't go where God wanted to take you. But I digress. But when you need to tell the people you love a hard truth, children of y'all, it's never easy. I understand this. You know, we think that they're going to bug out on us or do us dirty and never speak to us again. And you know something? They might. They might not ever speak to you again. They might cuss you out, hang up the phone. They might spit in your face. They might push you. They might want to fight you. They might gossip about you. If I see her the next time, I'm going to punch her in her face. If I see that dude the next time, I'm going to dead him in his face. You're not going to talk to me like that. But children of y'all, guess what? It's not about their reaction of why you do it. It's about doing God's will. Let's look at what God told Ezekiel in chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Through briars and thorns are with you. Though buyers and thorns are with you, excuse me, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks. 
though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. But children of Yah, that battle that we struggle with, that's even bigger than the truth typically, is the desire to not be rejected and disliked. How many of us understand this? How many of us have gone through this? You know, there have been and still are to this day many believers who tell the truth given to them by the Spirit, given to them by God, to one or, or more several, uh, several particular leaders in their house of worship if they attend the church. And the consequence or the uh, comeuppance of moving in the Spirit in this natural realm is that they're not well-received by their leaders. They're not well-received by their body. Or they get kicked out of that house of worship. That happens many a time. Or they go through alienation through, a bo- through the body around them. You know, people gossip about them. You know, they look at them some type of way or they ignore them. And then it makes them feel some type of way. And you can feel when the spirit of gossip is in a particular house of worship. And it's disgusting how some people can alienate someone into leaving the body. This is the house of God. This is the temple of the Father. We all come to the Father. Shame on those who choose to spread gossip. Shame on those who are willing to take a stand for a truth that the Holy Spirit has put inside of them. You might say, to your pastor, if you attend a church that is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, you might be led by the Spirit to say to a a particular pastor, Pastor, I've noticed you've been idolizing money too much or however the Lord makes you do it. Sister, I've been noticing you've been wearing those tight skirts and my husband has been staring at you. Matter of fact, a lot of men have been staring at you. Or you might say, minister, I honestly believe that many of the lessons you give us are not even in the Bible. The discernment is off. How many of them, children of y'all, tell me about it. How many of them? Do you honestly think would bugged out if you came to them with a harsh truth like that? Because, see, the truth is not something that, you know, is easy to stand up for. And it's always going to stir up crazy controversy. And children, there are a lot there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of believers who are living in the flesh. They still have a love for the world. They want to worship Jesus, but they want to worship their sister sitting across from them with the tight dress. They want to worship Jesus, but they love the money as well. They want to worship Jesus. But they still want a religion that they can control that no one is ever going to question them about their sin. The truth is always going to stir up the pot. Some will believe, some will receive, but others will be offended and they will reject it. And they'll reject you because of it. 
because whenever you bring the truth up to someone, it takes away their excuses. You say, sis, what are you doing? Why are you flirt? Why are you flirting with all these husbands in the church? Or you say, yo, bro, what are you doing? Why are you busy looking at so many women in the church? Why are you busy? Why are you listening to all these worldly songs? Why are you watching all these worldly movies? Why are you always late to church? Why is it always about the money for you? Now, children of y'all, don't misunderstand me. There's a way to address the truth. And when you do address the truth, if it's a truth that, it, that is spirit-led, the Holy Spirit will guide you to tell you the truth how the Holy Spirit wants it to be told. Either it'll be, depending on the person, it'll be a blunt truth, a parable, like what Nathan told David, or it'll be something more subtle. And so the, regardless of that, the truth is always going to stir up crazy controversy. I mean, me personally, like, like many of you guys, you know, I've gone through an enormous amount of rejection in my life. It's always the rejects that God chooses. It's always the rejects that God chooses to do his will. Why? Because we're not of the world. You know, don't be fooled that because you see all these people on the altar who love the world you know, they have their millions on top of millions. They got a million followers. Everything about them is in the millions. Don't be fooled that these people are blessed. Because these people, most of the time, they're here to deceive. They're here to turn people away from the most high God. But I digress. I've gone through enormous amount of rejection in my lifetime. And I believe that God took me through that because I was made to be different. And that no matter how hard I tried to fit in, I would never be one with the world. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, children of Yah, I was still rejected for reasons that were unknown to me at the time. But now I know them. And it's this. The devil and his demons, they knew who I was even if I didn't. And they used others, the demons and others, I should say, as a way to keep me blind from knowing the priesthood, from knowing my priesthood, from knowing who I was and what my identity was in the Lord. And the truth was always like a subtle, a subtle knock on the door. You playing the music loud and for some reason you hear that knock at the door. You go, huh? Who's at the door? You ever had that happen to you? You might be playing the TV loud. You might be playing a movie loud, music loud. You might be doing something that's causing up a lot of noise. But for some reason, you hear somebody knocking at the door. And then you turn your head like, oh, who's at the door? But anyway, so when the time came for me to speak the truth, and I finally came to know the, and receive the Great Commission, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind speaking a hard truth because I was so used to being alone and rejected by many, and that was God's way of preparing me. Like, hey, listen, a lot of people are not going to agree with you. A lot of people are not going to receive this truth. 
And a lot of people are going to reject you. They're going to call you names. They're going to try to destroy you. They're going to persecute you to no end. And they're going to try to make you out to be a fool. So children of God, when you go through a lot of rejection, you know, even to the few people who you find and keep in your life, it can be a scary thing to even approach them with the truth. Because it's a tendency to think, but wait, but these are my friends. And I'm scared to tell them the truth about their lifestyles and choices. I'm scared to tell my, my, my best girlfriend who, who loves to party, who loves to dance, who, lo- who loves to, to date, to be with all these men. I'm not trying to say she's this, that, and the third. But if I tell her the truth, she's going to look at me some type of way. You know, or my my, be, my best friend, who's a guy, he 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 likes to drink so much, or maybe he likes to party, or maybe he likes to do the wrong thing with, with women. You know, what if he rejects me? You know, you know what's he gonna say? You know, what if they say I'm crazy? And with that, children, yeah, I understand. It's happened to me many, 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 many times that I've gotten rejected. By some of my best friends. But children, check this. That is the true essence of being of God and not of the world. Because the most blessed saints in the Bible are the ones who have gone through the most amount of pain, the most amount of rejection, the most amount of suffering to the point of even death. Look up on the stories on a lot of the apostles. A lot of the apostles were killed for speaking the truth. And children of y'all, the more hurt you become, the more apparent it becomes that your real home is nowhere on this earth. You're never going to feel comfortable. And that was the story with me. I never felt comfortable anywhere. I never felt comfortable in school. I never felt comfortable at work. I never felt comfortable at home. I never even felt comfortable around the people I'm even supposed to be comfortable with. You don't feel comfortable because you know that the Lord made you different. I hope y'all can receive this tonight. I really do. It's powerful stuff. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized why I was really put here. I went through life aimlessly wondering what, like, what was the purpose? Like, like who, who, who goes, who goes through all of this rejection for no reason? There has to be a reason behind it. There has to be an assignment behind this rejection. There has to be an assignment behind this pain. How is it that my friends hate me? How is it that my coworkers hate me? How is it that the people who don't know me, they give me a dirty look? How is it that my parents give me a hard time? Not the, I'm going to grow you into a real man hard time, but I'm going to Stunt your growth hard time. Why is it that my sister can resent me for a reason that's not even my fault? There has to be more to this. And I just kept, I kept knocking on that door, praying for God to answer. I wasn't a believer at the time. I didn't even know how to pray. There was no prayer in my home. 
There was no God in my home. There was no, I got to protect you spiritually in my home. There was no Bible in my home. The Bible was never opened in my home. And so I had to figure these things out on my own. And so I kept knocking on that door saying, there has to be more to this. There's no way I'm going through this for no reason. It doesn't even make sense for someone to just mind their own business, for someone like me to just mind my own business. I'm just going through life. I don't even cause any problems. I never get in trouble with the law. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't nothing. But for some reason, the people around me, they see something in me that they despise. And I don't get it. Why? It's the unpopularity contest, children of y'all. It's because if you're going through this or if you have gone through this, there is a spirit inside you that the demons hate. The Lord made you a specific way. The Lord already ordained you and sanctified you to do his will like he ordained and sanctified Jeremiah before he was even born. And then the Lord threw you in this time, in this realm, in the end time church to to advance his will. And the devil is mad. The devil is mad that you woke up alive this morning. The devil is mad that you get to say the name Jesus. You get to proclaim the gospel. You get to you get to plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your home, over your job, over your arms, over your leg, legs. Wherever you go, you get to scream your dominion and trample over the serpents and scorpions here on this earth. Wherever you go, the devil is mad that you have this power and he does not because Satan is bound by God's word. He needs your permission to torture you. He needs your permission to hurt you, to harm you. And we don't notice. So the Satan, he always looks for the holes. You see, he always looks for the holes. He always looks for, oh, I'm going to get you with the woman. I'm going to get you with the TV. I'm going to get you with the music. I'm going to get you with, with, the, with the friends and, and the family and the coworkers making fun of you wherever you go so that you can drink, you can eat my food. You can drink my drink and that you will never receive your priesthood. You will never walk another step in the Lord. And you're going to go around cursing others because you're hurt and you feel trapped. This is the devil's greatest mission, children of y'all. This is the devil's greatest mission to destroy your priesthood the same way he destroyed Adam and Eve's priesthood. And if you don't come to realize this, children of y'all, if you don't come to realize that being a Christian is not a popularity contest, it's not about being Joel Osteen, it's not about being T.D. Jakes, it's not about being Joyce Meyer, it's not about it's not about being all of these all these popular worldly day star preachers who make twenty million, thirty million, forty million, and they 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 got they got followers on top of followers, they got churches on top on top of churches and they tell you God can make you rich and they don't tell you the truth they don't tell you the unpopular truth that there is witchcraft out there there are things that you do that give the devil legal access and that's why you haven't gotten as far as you could 
in your life because you have a devil in you. You have a demon in you. You have a stronghold in you. And that's what's keeping you from hearing the voice of God. And no one is telling you the truth. No one wants to set you free. No one wants to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to set aside my millions. I'm going to set aside my money, my followers, my popularity, and I'm going to tell them the truth. Because Jesus said, the truth will set me free. And these people have taken a known blood oath to deceive you. Yes, I said that right. A known blood oath. These people are demonic Satan recruiters. And they will deceive the minds of many. Look at what the book of Revelation says about Babylon. The devil's sorcery has deceived all nations. Children of Yah, I need you to be aware of this. This is the unpopular truth. And that's the name of this topic, the unpopularity contest. Who can hate you the most for preaching the truth? You cannot be a true Christian and no one in the world hates you. Like I said in Luke 6, 26, woe to those who are loved by all men. Some of us got to take a stand for what the gospel really is, because in other countries, the persecution is here. The persecution is here on this earth in other countries. They hold a Kalashnikov. They, call, they hold an AK-47, an AKS-74, whatever they have, an FN, whatever gun they have. They hold it and they say, do you believe in the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yes. Bang. There are people out there in different parts of the world where they persecute Christians dying. The gospel is actually illegal in how many countries? What was it, 26, including Malaysia? Do you know what they do to Christians in Malaysia? I saw a documentary one time. The stuff they do to Christians in Malaysia, in China, is crazy. They weren't even telling the whole truth in the documentary. They killed Christians in Israel. A lot of people in Israel don't believe that Jesus is Lord. Believe it or not. They believe in God, but they don't believe that Jesus returned on the cross. It's not as apparent as you and I might think it is. But children of Yah, the most blessed saints in the Bible, and in life are the ones who have gone through the most amount of pain. I see some of you on Facebook. I see some of you on Facebook. Some of you prophets, some of you blessed servants in Africa. The Lord absolutely loves how much you pray, how much you praise him. He absolutely loves it. A lot of you don't care about money. A lot of you do not care about money. A lot of you, all you want to do is worship the Lord, push the gospel, and make sure everybody is rich in the spirit. Here in America, we downplay that stuff. America's one of the few countries that likes to downplay witchcraft, 
and the and the true power of the gospel. But y'all in Africa, y'all realize how powerful the gospel is. We see a TV show or a movie full of witchcraft and sorcery, and we, we just think, oh, that was a good movie, bro. We'll give it, we'll, we'll give it eight out of ten. That was a solid eight out of ten. We'll give Doctor Strange will with all it with all its demonic uh uh, uh subliminals. Uh we'll get we'll give it at a nine out of ten. That was pretty good entertainment, not even knowing that the devil just put a curse on you. We like to listen to Beyonce. We we like to we as Christians we like to defend Beyonce when she says I'm gonna tear a page out of pipe out of the Bible and put and stick it up my you know what. We as Christians we like to defend that. It's disgusting, and the Lord is not happy. The Lord is not happy with some of the things that are going on throughout the body of Christ. There is a persecution coming to this land that a lot of these casual Christians are not prepared for. They're not prepared for it. And when I preach this hard truth, this unpopular truth, I get Christians who get mad at me for coming against sin. Why are you talking about this particular sin? Why are you talking about the spirit of Jezebel and women and men? You need to just keep quiet. You're scaring people away from the gospel. No, you've been deceived. This is a truth that the Lord put it in my heart to share. I've been, I've been having this fire in my bones to share this. And praise be to God that I now have the opportunity to do exactly that. Jesus said in John 15, verses 18 to 21, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Children, how many of you are actually doing the work of an evangelist. How many of you are out there actually preaching the truth? And how many of you are surprised by the attacks that come from people you expected to be on your same team? Remember, Jesus said, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours also. So if you preach the same truth that the Bible preaches, there is no reason why a Christian should ever come against you. There's no reason why someone in the brother uh in the brother the brotherhood should ever come against you, should ever persecute you. There's no excuse for that. I could think of one particular Christian. They love God, but they hate Jesus, but they have all these atheist friends who love them. And they're not aware that they're being deceived because their discernment is carnal. 
It's a carnally minded discernment because they heard something on Google. They saw a documentary of a very, very mad atheist who didn't get what they wanted because 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 God ignored but ignored them for wanting to fulfill the desires of the flesh. It shouldn't come as a surprise, children of Yah, that the rejection comes a lot easier when you stand up for the unpopular truth. But the only question is this, children of Yah, are you, you, Y-O-U, willing to take that risk to stand up for the truth? Jesus said in Matthew 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Guys, the world is going to hate you if you stand up for the truth. Why do I see so many Christians? They don't say nothing. They don't do nothing because they don't want to face the persecution. They don't want to lose a lot of friends. They don't want their families to come against them. They don't want their mothers and fathers to kick them out of the house for, for standing up to Jesus. I've heard that story before. I've heard it before. I got some friends. Their families literally reject them. I know one particular woman, she's being evicted by her own family for standing up for the gospel. I told her, I said, you're blessed. You're blessed because you go through this. You truly belong to the Lord because that's the kind of persecution that's expected of the body. See, I don't even care if the atheists come after me. I don't even care if the non-believers come after me. I don't, even care, I don't even care if all the religious people come after me. Why? Because I'm blessed if I'm persecuted for righteousness sake. My treasure is in the kingdom of heaven. My treasure is in my mansion, either in heaven or the new Jerusalem, whichever comes first. Let's look at Acts chapter 5 and what one particular Pharisee named Gamaliel, I hope I'm saying it right, says regarding the persecution of the apostles. I'm going to read Acts chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But it is of God. Check this out. A Pharisee saying this. You cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Children of Yah, it's easier said than done, I know. We're not even being beaten in America and we're scared to stand up for the truth. It sounds ridiculous. In other countries, some of them fear death, but they stand up for Jesus anyway and they die anyway. Watch. It's a biblical prophecy, children of Yah. The Holy Spirit said through Jesus in the book of Revelation, some of you are going to be delivered to prison. I think he said that to the faithful church. Some of you are going to be delivered to prison. Some of you are going to die. But when, great, but when that period comes, you're going to be in jail for 10 days. 
but he endures to the end shall be saved. I don't know the verse off the top of my head, but I know that's what it says. But it's a lot easier said than done. I know. I mean, I think about it like this. You know, look at how Christ died for us. Like what it says in Isaiah uh, 52, 14. I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible so many of you can understand it. Just as many were appalled at you, his appearance, Jesus' appearance, was so disfigured that he did not look like a man and his form did not resemble a human being. Children of Yah, the Bible says that Christ was beaten beyond recognition. Beyond recognition, children of God. Why? Why was Jesus beaten beyond recognition, unrecognizable? You couldn't even tell that he was a man. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you needed a way out. God forbid, I mean, give an example, but God forbid, imagine if it was your mother or your father or a loved one who died to protect you. And in the process of dying, they were beaten to the point of not even being recognizable and dismembered. And their dying wish was that you live your life a certain way, whatever the cost. If they told you, whatever you do, do not compromise on this. How many of us would have lost it to see our family being tortured? How many of us You know, that would have been ingrained in our heads for many years after. How many of us would have been going through depression? How many of us would have been, it would have been, it would have messed us up for the rest of our lives. We would have never been the same after that. And all we wanted to do was to be with them one more time, one last time. And we would give anything and everything to be with them. How many of us, you know, after seeing that, wouldn't care about the atheists, wouldn't care about our cousin, wouldn't care about our fake friends, that one dude on Facebook that we don't know? We, how many of us, after seeing that, we wouldn't care what any of those people said about us? It puts the price of being sold out for Christ in a much different perspective, doesn't it? Because see, a lot of people, because it's Christ, they don't care. Sad to say, even some of the Christians, some of the people who claim they're Christians, who claim they praise the Lord, who claim they love Jesus, but when you examine their hearts, they don't care. But if it it was someone they loved to no end, it would have destroyed them for life. Children, let me tell you something. Christ died for all of us. And if Christ could go through being dismembered for me, I could go through some more rejection. I could go through some more insults. I could go through some more attacks. I could go through some more persecution. I could go through some more depression, more sadness, more loneliness. I could go through some fatigue. It's a small price to pay compared to what he did for me. See, a lot of people, they sing in church, 
I love what he did for me. I love that he died for my sins, but they don't really believe it in their hearts. They don't really believe it because right after church, they go back to loving the world. They go back to loving the drink, loving the sex, loving the cussing, loving the worldly secular music, loving the worldly secular movies, loving the worldly secular TV shows. They go back to loving what is the antichrist system. Children of y'all, this is the unpopular truth. And I'm going to tell you something. If Christ could go through all of that and still, still have it be for the person who loves the world, I could go through some more. It's tiring at times, but I can go through it. God chose me to be in this time to endure, and endure is what I'm going to do. It's a small price to pay for the kingdom. In some countries, like I said, they don't care what denomination you're in. They ask if you're a Christian and if Jesus Christ is the son of God. And if they say yes, they get a bullet in their heads. And in America, let me tell you something, that persecution isn't here yet, but it will be soon. I've been seeing a whole lot of articles talking about one world religion. There is a plan. The devil has a plan, children of Yah. Do not be ignorant of it. Jesus said to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Know what the devil is doing. Bible says, be vigilant for the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Be vigilant, children of Yah. So that persecution, it's coming soon. And there will be a time. There will come a time, children of Yah, when you're called to endure. And it's going to get rough. And God is allowing a lot of apostate doctrine, a lot of false doctrine and false prophets to be exposed to show you who these people really are and how they really love the world and are not willing to die for the gospel because of their love for the dollar bill, because of their love for the drinking, because of their love for the sex, because of their love for the orgies, because of their love for eating things sacrificed to idols. A lot of people are being exposed and a lot of Christians are being exposed. There are some Christians, they can't handle what's going on now and they're falling away. That's, pro, that's a, a biblical too. In the latter times, some will fall away from the faith and be, dece- and be giving to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And children, I want you guys to understand something. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this as a way of asking you this. How important is your popularity to you? Do you choose your pastor because he knows how to motivate you? Or do you choose your pastor because he's not worried about the offering plate and he cares more about your salvation than your career or relationship status? God is the one who truly analyzes the hearts and minds of all of us. And if you're truly willing to die for the gospel, children of Yah, regardless of what or whom you leave behind, then you're his. And everything in your life, children of Yah, must come second to God. There is no fight. There's no negotiation. God is first and only first. Don't just say God is first only when it's convenient for you. God is first 
whenever you want to be selfish, whenever that that certain someone in your life wants to do you dirty, whenever someone sells you out, whenever someone is rude to you, insults you, God, God's commandments, God's doctrine, God's gospel, God's kingdom always comes first. It's not negotiable. Otherwise, there will be a judgment to pay for that cost, that costly flesh. And I know there are times when I might get into petty arguments and I might take it personal. And it's hard. It's easier said than done. It's hard. But I get into these petty arguments because in my mind, I just want this person to get it. And the spirit tells me they don't get it. They don't understand that what is coming is not a game. It's not a game. There are some Christians out there that think we are not living in the end time church. Are you crazy? You don't see what's unfolding right before your very own eyes. And you think, oh, no, that's thousands of years away. No, that's now. That's now. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That time is now. And a lot of these Christians, they don't even read their Bible. They just go off of what the pastor says, off of what they heard in church automatically taking the pastor's discernment, the pastor's judgment, like, oh, I guess that's true. Some of these pastors are purposefully deceiving you, children of Yah. First John 4, 1 says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether or not they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You have to test these people, children of Yah. You have to look. Jesus said the eyes are the windows to the soul. You have to look in their eyes and see if there's light or darkness in their eyes before you automatically take their word as truth. The Bible says, treat every man a liar. I'm going to even go as far as to say this. Treat me a liar. Test my flesh. Test my spirit, excuse me. Test my spirit. Pray to the Lord about me before you decide to say a false word about me. You better believe all of this is spirit-led. This is the spirit talking. God is not happy with what's going on in the body. He's tired of the religious nonsense. He's tired of the fakeness. He's tired of the lying. He's tired of the fake worship. People, people act like they cry on stage. But, when, but as soon as church is over, as soon as 12 o'clock hits, 1 o'clock hits, 2, two o'clock hits on Sunday afternoon, they're right back to flesh. They're right back to party. They're right back to selfishness. They're right back to... I'm just going to mind my own business. I'm not even going to tell a sister the truth. I'm not even going to tell my brother the truth. I'm just going to mind my business. I'm going to worship. It's enough for me to God. It's enough for me to worship on Wednesdays and sun on Sundays and be selfish and scared the other five days of the week. That's fine. The purpose of the plan, children of Yah, is not for you to just go to church. The purpose of the plan is to advance the kingdom of God. And everything that God puts in front of you 
is a means to do exactly that. Jeremiah 17 verses 9 through 10 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Revelation 2.23, Jesus says, and all the churches, I'm going to read only part of the verse. But Jesus says, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Every heart is going to be tested, children of Yah. That secret sin you've been dealing with, I understand. I was there. I went through a porn addiction for 22 years. I was there. I know. Yep. There were times when I was giving people the Bible. There are times when I was praying for people. And then I would go right on home and I would look at porn. I looked at porn before church and I looked at porn after church. And I shamelessly boasted my infirmities like Paul did so that you guys can know the truth because I believe in being transparent. The book of Isaiah says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I have no shame in my game, children of y'all. No shame. So in closing, I say this. Galatians 6, 3 3 to 5. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Children of Yah, we are responsible for our own lives. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. And blame that person for you not being where you're supposed to be in Christ. Well, if my father paid more attention to me, I might have had a better Christian life. That may be true, but none of that is happening today. Well, if my if my wife would just would just do her part, then we would be a happy Christian family. Remember, for each one shall bear his own load, Galatians says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. What that basically says is God ignores the sinners. God ignores the ones who have strongholds in their hearts. And when I was struggling with the spirit of adultery, the spirit of lust, the spirit of sexual immorality, and I just prayed to God and prayed to God, I could not hear his voice. He ignored me. Some of you are entertaining some secret sins. Some of you are entertaining some private altars. Some of you have idols that you don't want the world to know about. Some of you do have idols. Some of you Christians have idols that you want the world to know about. What are you talking about, Shaq? I don't worship other guys. Oh, really? I don't see some of you Christian women post thousands and thousands of selfies with makeups and pose and, and dress and this, that, and the third, trying to trying to entice men to look at you, trying to get the attention of men, trying to be seductive, trying to be trying to have men commit sexual immorality and adultery. 
I don't I don't see some I don't see some of you men acting like you covet the money, acting like you a man of style, you this, that, and the third. And and don't get me wrong, it's nothing wrong with looking good, but it's just it's the way that you flaunt. It's not modest. It's not modest. Does the Lord really hear what you're saying? Children of y'all, don't play yourselves. This is something that we got to be really honest with ourselves about. Does the Lord really hear us? Is God saying that we should do this, that, and a third? Or am I saying that I'm going to do this, that, and a third? Is it God's will or is it my will? What are we using this free will for? If all of it is not toward the Lord, the Lord's not going to hear us. Children, I want you to receive what I'm saying. I don't want you to think I'm some self-righteous, uh, uh, patronizing uh, a believer. I want you to really hear what I'm saying because I went through this and I spent many, many years of the Lord not hearing me and I went through depression because of it. And the only verses I heard in my head were the enemies telling me I needed to commit suicide, telling me I needed to give up, telling me that no one's going to receive me, telling me I'm never going to be cool, I'm never going to be popular, I'm never going to be one of the cool kids at school. I want you to really receive what I'm saying. I know some of you feel some type of way about me, and I know some of you are going to listen to this, but I really want you to receive what I'm saying. This is very, very serious. This is your soul. This is your priesthood, children of Yah. This is your priesthood. This is your dominion. This is what God created you to have. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. This is what the Lord gave you, children of Yah. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. Some of you know the first part, but maybe, uh, maybe a, a number of you don't know the second part. It's a very popular verse. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I want to read that last verse again. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Children of Yah, those who truly receive all of the gospel, all of the Lord, all of his commandments, and all of the fullness of the Godhead that currently resides in Christ Jesus, if you receive that, you're going to be all right. You're going to be okay. The Lord will always protect you. The Lord will always guide you. The Lord will always strengthen you. The Lord will always restore you. The Lord will always empower you to move according to the spirit. The Lord's got you under his thumb. And those of you who feel like you're so far away from that, it's not too late. If the Lord woke you up this morning, you can repent now and kill that annoying flesh and receive all of the spirit for your good and for good. Let that be the last time you drink that bottle. Let that be the last time you have sex with one more girl or guy. Let that be the last time you cuss. Let that be the last time you're selfish. I know it's easier said than done. 
but never stop pursuing the spirit. Walk according to the spirit and not the flesh, children of Yah. If you heard this message, it was for a reason. If you made it this far, it was for a reason. It was because the spirit was speaking to you. The spirit wanted you to prepare your vessel for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. Make your temple a comforting place for God, children of Yah. It's like having the greatest company in your house or apartment. Someone you feel very honored to be around. Say your pastor wanted to come to your house. Say your mentor wanted to come to your house. I don't care who it was. But how spotless would you want your house to be? And how embarrassed would you feel if it wasn't? Let's treat our temples the same way. Let's purge them clean and make ourselves presentable to the Lord. I love you all. Guys, that's all I have for tonight. I pray that you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. You can reach me or email me at yahvirise at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, uh, yahvirise. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, yahvirise podcast. You can also type in my name. My name is Shaquan Woody. Guys, I love you all. Let's be unpopular. Let's be unpopular. Let's be bold, told, and sold for Christ. I love you all. God bless you all. And have a good evening. Thank you.